0: Hey friends, happy Wednesday and welcome to Drive Through Moms. I'm your host, Lynn Mitcher. Each episode, we'll hear stories from ordinary moms serving others in extraordinary ways and chat about how God has impacted their life. I'm so glad you're here. Here we go. Hey guys, happy Wednesday! It's Lynn. Welcome to Drive Through Moms. Um, today's episode, I'm super excited to have a family member on with me. This is my cousin, Stacy McCracken. Um, Stacy, I guess are you my? I'm not good with the whole first second cousin thing.
1: <laughs> I know <laughs> I had to like think about it and explain it. Like, okay, I'm pretty sure it's second cousin because you're my mom's first cousin, right?
0: Right. So then we be first, so we're second. Okay. Right. So I was thinking back. Um, it's been forever since we've talked. And I don't know that we've talked one-on-one in a really long time.
1: Yeah. But I was
0: looking back at, um, obviously, family wedding photos today. Because I was thinking about, <laughs> you know, you were the sweet little girl in our wedding. And I was looking at <laughs> pictures of how little you were and your cute little haircut. And then I looked oh, at my, my, gosh. my hair.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was
1: not cute hair. I did not know what was happening back then.
0: Well, you know what's funny is because I never realized this. honest truth, I never realized this till today when I was looking at these pictures. Lacey always had a similar haircut to yours now that I think about it. <laughs> and I always thought your hair was precious. So I must have somewhat subconsciously copied that when lace was little, and I don't oh even my. I didn't even realize it. So don't worry because she looks back now and she's like, "What is up with my hair, mom. What?
1: I know I'm looking at my daughter now and I look at, you know, pictures and I keep, going. I'm like, mom, really? What was that? What was with this huge poof? You know, not just on the front of my head, but on the sides, <laughs> it was everywhere.
0: Yeah. I think we just think of, you know, it's what's in style now it may not necessarily oh, yeah. be in style later. Do you even remember being in our wedding? So That's it's funny. 18, my, my daughter asked me that. She said, do you
1: remember that? I showed her the picture and I said, I remember putting the dress on. And hating it. like I, <laughs> I remember the dress and it, it was, it felt weird. You know, I do remember being in that dress and being there, but I don't remember anything else from that day. Just the dress.
0: I'm I don't know why. So how old would you would have been? What? in we got married in 89. I don't know. We don't have to talk about age. So it's fine. Oh, please. You know. Yes. Like seven. I'm, okay. Like seven. Six, seven. Yeah. 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 Well, how old were you when you guys moved to Oklahoma? So you grew, were you born in Texas and then moved? I was trying yes. to get the same. Yeah.
1: Uh, so I was in the fourth grade when we moved from Dallas to Ardmore, which was a huge, uh, shock uh, yeah, it was a big deal to do that. But, um, but now looking back, I'm like, man, that was that's my home. Ardmore is my home,
0: you know? Yeah, I can imagine, because even going to Ardmore now, um, it would, would be a big shock, especially if you've grown up in the Metroplex. I mean, I'm a Dallas school. I've been here forever. So did yeah. you meet your husband in Ardmore, or were you guys in school, or what?
1: So uh, we were actually set up on a blind date in college um, by a mutual friend. Uh, I was in a, a band at the college, and then my husband was in like a, a worship band slash uh, uh, whatever kind of band he was in. Um, and so, uh, this guy was in both of them and he set us up on a blind date, um, which we are so opposite. It's just funny. I look back at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) how it worked, but it did. It worked. God knows what he's doing. Um, and, uh, so we were set up on a blind date and we're engaged six months later and then married another six months later
0: and wow here we
1: are yeah
0: I don't I don't remember being that That seems. I mean that seems fast uh <laughs> maybe not I mean, Lacey just got engaged and they've been dating for over a year year and a half I guess yeah. um so yeah I don't know I think we kind of took the long way around back in the day when we When we got engaged. So, were you? So, you studied music then? Because I know you did in high school. I remember coming to a play or I guess a musical that you and Clayton were in at some time. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So, you always were interested in music?
1: Always, yes. Which I think that is like a requirement in our family. Um, You know, like you're born and that's just what you do. Um, And so, I was like, for a long time, it was just what I did. And then I wasn't even going to go to college. Uh, school was not my thing. I told mom, I said, I want to take a year off and uh, just kind of figure out what I want to sh- want to do. And Clayton actually went up to uh, USAO in Chigashay for a soccer uh, uh, tryout. I was going to say audition. You don't audition for soccer. But right. anyways, <laughs> a tryout. And uh, so I just went with him to take a college day. And so the recruiter was like, Hey, what are you doing? And I was like, uh, well, I mean, I can sing. I mean, that's what I would do if I did something. So I auditioned and on the way home, they called me and were offering me, um, their full ride scholarship. Uh, and so my mom was like, uh, you're going to college.
0: Uh, yeah, especially if you're offered yeah. something like that for, you know, a full ride. That's a, that's a huge deal. And especially yeah. when it's something like cause you do have a beautiful voice and you have a very passionate voice, because you know, when I've heard you sing, it's I guess mainly been in a church setting or a theatrical right. setting. So it's obviously something that, you know, you love to do. Um yes. you're gifted to do. So it's cool to see you have a talent for that. Use it when you're young, use it in like the extracurricular part of high school right. and then still move into that to even to what you're doing today. Yes. Um, which I don't know a whole lot about that, which is why we're talking. So <laughs> um, what you're doing, because I know you've got a couple of different things that you're doing with your music. Yeah. So um,
1: probably I would say about, Uh, well, 10 years ago, uh, we joined a little church, uh, in, uh, Oklahoma in Amber, Oklahoma, tiny, tiny church. And my husband, uh, started doing the youth ministry there and there was a, we we had a small choir and that kind of stuff. And not too long after that, the music minister, uh, they had to leave. And so we just kind of started taking turns, and at the same time, I had gotten interested and signed up for the Singing Church Women of Oklahoma. So uh, that is a huge thing here among uh, the, the Southern Baptists that we have the Singing Church Men and the Singing Church Women. And uh, I was so excited to be a part of a choir because I hadn't—even in, even in college, it was just—it uh, was for— for coursework, you know, and so, but I wanted to be a part of a worship choir. And so I was so excited for that. And it's so cool looking back how God was uh, placing these things uh, at at the times that He was placing them, because uh, being around all those women and watching them worship, it went from, like I said earlier, like music was just something I did. We just, we just always sang, and I just always sang at church, but it wasn't a passion. It wasn't in my gut that that was what uh, God was calling me to do. And watching these women do this, and then at the same time, I was starting to lead worship at church just to kind of fill in on a Sunday, and those those blocks were just stacking. And, and I came home one day, I remember, and I told my husband, I said, do you think it would be okay if— uh, if I offered, if I just offered to just take that ministry over until they found somebody, because um, it had been hectic going back and forth. And, and he was like, you know, I think that would be OK. And let's pray about that. We prayed about it for a little bit. And um, I just started started working on that, working on leading the worship, which I did not play the piano. I did not do anything like that at the time. And I had to learn real quick. And, and it was just, gosh, I, I look back on it and I was such such a baby and such a newbie at doing that. And uh, but man, now to where I am, now it's just, uh, I can't imagine doing anything else. God opened that door wide open for me. and I am so glad because it went from something I can do to something that I have the desire to do and something that I know that God gave me that and that's what I'm supposed to be doing is is leading in worship
0: and that's such a big difference something that you can do but something you desire to do I love that um because yeah. sometimes we can do things um, and maybe not do them super well or we can do part of it but not all of it but God uh-huh. given us the desire to do it it doesn't it's not work anymore I mean I can go to work I don't necessarily love to go to work at certain times. Right. Um, but having the desire to do something specific, um, especially if it's something God's gifted you with is a whole nother ball game. Yeah. Um, so you went into being the music minister in a church. Um, was that hard? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just be on I'm just being honest. I it's not something you typically see a lot maybe just in, you know, maybe that's a Baptist ranks thing, but I, you yeah. are starting to see it a little bit more. But how how did that, you know, I don't want to be go negative or anything, but how did that play out? Was that very well? Yeah.
1: Accepted or Um not on honestly, uh, it was it was kind of just ignored. It was something and I <laughs> I don't know how to, like you said, not be negative, but it was something that, well, she can fill that position for now. And so then we just didn't talk about it. But at the same time, uh, they didn't necessarily have to worry about uh, putting a committee together, trying to find somebody that job was taken care of. And so we just kind of were passing the time. And so meanwhile, I was loving it. Like, this is awesome. God has given me this. I also taught music at the school, um, which I love, love uh, uh, getting to teach the kids. I did elementary and I love that. Um, But it's totally different and uh, getting to use the music in that way. And we had a new pastor come in and that was the first I remember sitting down with him and he was like, "Uh, so why are you not on staff? And it really just that just made me feel like almost more secure, like, okay, God, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, because I didn't you never know when you have a new pastor coming back and forth. What are they going to think? Because we're in this tiny country church. This is not normal. Um, At that time, I had only known one other uh, and she was in the singing church woman with me. And, uh, so I'd kind of asked her a few questions kind of, okay. Watched her videos, seeing kind of what she was doing. How did she handle that? Um, but he was like, why are you not on staff? And so then he just started pushing it. And, and so then it was like, well, why are you? I don't know. We just didn't, we just hadn't voted on it. Oh, well, so then boom, he got it done. It was voted. And so I did that there for, Uh, about six years. Uh, And then that's when it started because my husband was doing the youth ministry and I was doing the music ministry. And so once we had uh, our youngest, Della, once we had her, it kind of hit like, this is a lot. This is his ministry and my ministry and we need our ministry. You know, what are we doing together? And I wasn't feeding my kids breakfast on Sunday morning. Sundays were getting, it became a job it wasn't becoming, it wasn't, uh, fun for me anymore. Does that make sense?
0: Sure. Oh, absolutely. Um,
1: So, uh, yeah. So I stepped back then and, and then it was his ministry. We were working on just youth ministry and, uh, which, which went really well, but that passion, you know, I was like, Oh, I need to go be doing this. I need to do this. So I started going to, uh, Women's events like um, leading worship for a, uh, a women's weekend or uh, this church called on this Sunday morning. Can you come and lead worship for us? Because our music minister will be out. Sure, I can come and do that. And so I was just doing this hit or miss um, randomly. Um, and and then it just became, gosh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I need to get back at it kind of a thing. Yeah. So my... My, uh, my husband and I sat down and talked for a while and he was like, "You know what? I think that this is our ministry is the music ministry. And, and so he backed down from his youth ministry and uh, I got the call from the church that we're at now in Minko, First Baptist Church in Minko, which is a, another rural community, but uh, a much larger church. So we're at about last Sunday we had about 150. so it's uh, whereas Amber we were at like in between 40 and 50 people. So it's okay. a, a a bigger church, a bigger ministry, um, and they hired me on in a drive up business meeting. Thanks to COVID, drive up business meeting. They hired me on in May, and so I am loving every minute of it.
0: It well, is then, awesome. It's been there in Minto, and so is that where you guys you guys live there? I guess in that so little we, place, or do you have to drive in or. So- we drive.
1: We live about 15 minutes south of Minko. And so that's about 10 minutes north of Chickasha. We're in between Chickasha and Minko out in the country, kind of, so.
0: Right. Okay. Well, that's a drive for dinner for us. I mean, 10 or 15 minutes is not... I know.
1: And for us, it's like, oh, there's
0: a tractor on the highway. <laughs>
1: it's, we would have been here sooner, but yeah, tractors.
0: I love that. I love that. Are you... um so you're on staff doing that now at this church. And then, yes. so what has that been like? I didn't realize that it had, that had happened in the middle of COVID. Um, yeah. On top of um, kids with three kids and yeah. school and all of those discussions. I mean, it sounds like at least from, you know, first church to this church, as God often does, and kind of what you said earlier is, you know, we've talked a lot about this. I think almost every episode of people that I've talked to, I hear this a lot from a lot of women is just like each thing you do builds on each other. You know, if God has given you opportunities to lead worship in other churches because you've done it in that one, then you could fill in for somebody or Mm -hmm. if you had opportunities to lead worship in a women's weekend. Then, you know, each one was giving you different opportunities, which built on each other. And now you're in a little bit bigger setting uh, in a rural church. But what has that been like managing that with three kids? I have said this a couple of times. I'm so thankful that my kids are grown adults and have to take care <laughs> of themselves. I, I I don't know that I could have really handled distance learning or homeschooling <laughs> or, or whatever. But so what's that been like with your kids? Um,
1: uh, first off, I'm sure every mom says this, but like. My kids are the coolest and the most uh, fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's just, hey, this is what we're doing today. And like it or hate it, this is what we're doing. And so they're so, so good with that. And um, also, we have been so grateful that the church has just welcomed us. And like, bring your kids, however, you, however school looks, it doesn't matter. They're fine here. Bring them with you, you know, whatever you're doing. And so that has been so uh, awesome and just helpful. Uh, I will say ministry as a mom uh, has taken a lot of time to to figure that out, Uh, because as a mom, we go through these, you know, did I do this right? Should I have done this? Should I have said this? We do that anyways. But then I'm working and, and having to minister to other people and other families um and all that on top of that. And so and I want mine, I, I mean I want mine to look like I've got it together, right? Because if I'm ministering to you, <laughs> I want you to make, you know, think that I've got my stuff together. But um but it, who does. <laughs> who does? Exactly. And that's where grace is just so awesome because it's just the church has grace, and and we are just uh, we're just taking it one day at a time. Um, this has been a really hard season, obviously for everybody. Um, but when we were doing our all of our services online, so I was having to take the kids. Okay, now you stay over here. You be quiet while I have to record this. I'm sitting at a a, a piano with cameras pointing on me. You know, trying to lead worship for Sunday morning. And then, and I can see the kids like smushing their faces up against the glass door. Like they're ready to go home or they need another snack or something. And, you know, just try and <laughs> trying to make it through. Um, but uh, once we got back into the groove, which we are, uh, which I know that's rare too. We are back at full open. We're doing everything uh, like regular, which is a blessing. Um, but it's been so good to just get back into a regular groove. Um, and it makes it a little bit easier, uh, with the kids now, virtual learning. That's a whole other topic. If you're ready to
0: get on that yeah, one, <laughs> no, okay. there, we've, you know, we've only been to, um, church in person once, um, yeah. since March we had, we opened up for a little bit. So we went that week and then there was like an outbreak of, uh, some staff, at church, Uh, a band uh, or something. I can't remember exact details, but there was our our pastor had been exposed. Um, He didn't end up getting it, but so they went back to being online and then they just opened back up a couple of weeks ago when we were out of town. So I'm excited because tomorrow will be our first time to actually be back. So it is, there's something about getting back to some sense of Yes. And although I don't think anything will ever be the same. At least we don't look at anything the same, but sometimes God just gets our attention with certain things that changes your perspective. Um, right. which is, I think pretty much been, I don't know, in our lifetime, there's never been anything that's changed every single person in the world's perspective because we all can understand on some level what everybody else has gone through because it's right. affected. Everybody. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I do. I totally want to talk about school. I haven't really talked about that much um, so far. But so you have three. Were I'm they three. were they in uh, traditional public school? Were you homeschooling? Mm-hmm. What what is that looked like? As how you finished last year compared to where you are now?
1: Yeah. So we were in a uh, smaller K through eight school uh, that's just outside of Chickasha, and that's where I taught music uh, for a few years and. Uh, So Abigail was going into the seventh grade this year and Weston was going into the fifth and then Della was going to be starting pre-K. And uh, I was thinking, because really, honestly, up here in Oklahoma, it is like there's one county that nobody wears masks. Nobody does this. Nobody does that. But then the next county over, it's like everybody's, you know, quarantined and freaking out. And so you just don't know. And so I was thinking maybe, maybe in our smaller school, it'll be a little bit more relaxed. And and so we went to enrollment. They seemed like everything was going to get started off just like normal um, and be great. And I was like, perfect. Uh, but then they, like the day, it was literally the day before school started. We got the email that it was going to be masks all the time, uh, which most schools are doing. Um, and, and I just, I told my husband, I said, so our, our four-year-old, she wears glasses and that is a huge struggle, (laughs) a huge struggle. And I was like, she's so particular about every little thing touching her. She doesn't want socks. She doesn't want pants. She doesn't want this. And I said, I I can't handle that. I'm not, I'm not going to do that to her right now. If we have the option, which we do, we were so blessed to be able to even say, hey, let's just do the virtual option because we can keep them with me. I can take them to the church with me um, or we can leave the oldest at home to do her work, that kind of a thing. Um, And so we did, we made the choice. We don't want to put our kids in masks. We're going to keep them and do the virtual option. And the school was fine with that. Um, But they wanted to do the athletics, which the school was also fine with. Yeah, bring them and do athletics. So uh, I said that we live 15 minutes Uh, It's about 10 minutes from Chickasha, but it's about 15 minutes from that school. So Abby had her athletics, and then Weston had his athletics, and then Abby had after school softball. So we were in the car uh, for the first three weeks of school, four weeks of school, uh, for three hours at a time. Back, Mm -hmm. I mean, does that make sense?
0: No, for sure. 30 minutes here, 30
1: minutes there, 30 minutes here. And we were doing virtual stuff, classwork in between those driving. So I think I posted a video on my Instagram of us like, we're in the car again. <laughs> like, like, we're just making this fun. What do we do? How do we make this fun? Because it is terrible. And we were crying at night. This is, um, and let me just say too, we have uh, the idea, my husband and I have always been like, man, let's just go. Let's just go exploring. We can homeschool the kids. And I think it's funny because we always think that we can do these things, but then when it gets handed to us, we cannot do this <laughs> very well. And I just so bad wanted to be good at the homeschooling, at the virtual stuff. And, and, and we did, we struggled, we struggled with it because uh, whether it was the school end or our end, it was not coming together, which I think uh, is is happening other places too, not just our school.
0: So, oh, yeah. And I, I don't think that that, at least from the people that I've talked to around here it and people that I've worked with, it's been hard. I mean, it's especially if, you know, you've had a teaching background and if you don't have a teaching background and even right. if you do, it's still hard. It's still different with your own children. You know, um, yes. those classroom, classroom management methods are not necessarily the same. Mm -hmm. Um, and you've got three different ages that are on three different learning levels and three different curriculums. You know, the whole reason that I started this podcast, um, about drive through moms was really, you know, which I kind of talked about this in the intro episode was I just had this realization 15 years ago that I have literally been in the car, I think about five or six hours out of that day. And I've been at about five or six different fast food restaurants. Yes. Uh, I got a coffee after I took the kids to school. I went to the gym and I, oh, I forgot my water. I got to go get something. And then I had to pick up, you know, I got lunch or then I had to pick up a snack and my kids were all at three different schools at three different times. And it's oh just, gosh. you know, and one had practice here, you know, you just get in those moments. And, and my mom was always so good to just remind me, you know, these are seasons, There forever, you know, you do the best you can, you pray for God. Okay. I'm going to need some wisdom because I'm in a total loss. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know where I am. I don't know where my keys are. You know, you just have those moments and it's, it's okay. Um, But did you end up like, how did you kind of, is that where you guys still are? I mean, did you stay? So there was, um,
1: well, I won't say one particular night. It was almost nightly. Well, it was nightly that my husband and I, the kids are in bed and we're just laying there. It's like, okay, is this what we need to be doing? And, and for a while, yes, yes, this is what we need to be doing because I still, I still am standing firm with, um, I don't want to put them in masks. I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't want Della to have to mess with that. Weston also has, Uh, asthma and allergies. And he, oh, we try, he, he had a complete anxiety attack. It was just horrible. And so I was like, I just don't want to have to do this plus uh, messing with school and, and all this stuff. So what, what do we do? God, give us direction. God, show us this. And, and again, you know, we'd go to church and, and we're all fine doing our own thing. But then, but then school was this way and there's, there's no peace. And I kept telling my husband, I said, when will the peace come? Because I feel like we're doing what what God has told us to do, um, but at the same time we're struggling. So, so there's got to be something else we're missing something. And uh, so, uh, I it's so funny how it how it turned out and how it came to me uh, a few years ago. I went to the uh, Ministry Wives Retreat in Oklahoma, and the the scripture for that uh, year was. Um, In Jeremiah, where it says to seek the city where I've placed you, uh, seek out the city where I've placed you. And that just like hit me. And I was like, the the years leading up this past couple of years leading up to me being uh, on staff at Minko, uh, I was very much so not content where we were and what we were doing. And I uh, was constantly looking for something else. I was ready for my phone to ring, for me to go and lead worship somewhere else. And where? How is this going to work? And then now that we're at Minko, and I know that's where God has placed us, I know that's what we're supposed to be doing. But then we we left our kids at this school, where they were previously, and I told my husband, I said, I said, I think I'm just going to call the superintendent at Minko Schools, and just say how are y'all doing school? What's going on there? How's it working? Is this, you know, does this, does the virtual work? Does it not work? How are the classrooms working? And so I did that. And I said, I told him why we chose to do virtual in the first place. And he was like, okay, what ages are your kids? And I told him and he said, okay, well, he said the pre uh, they don't wear masks in the classroom. He said, that's, that's just really hard. We're not, we're not making them do that. And, and I just, it was like, Little by little, by talking to him, these weights on my shoulders were just falling off. And he said, we are not doing, uh, we're not requiring face masks. We're requiring face coverings. So that way, those clear shields are an option. Um, And I was like, really? I said, are you serious? And he said, yeah. So they can just, he said, a lot of our teachers are wearing the shields instead. And I said, okay. So I, I talked to my husband and I, I mean, it was like, I said, can we even transfer? Is this even a, a possibility? And he goes, oh, yeah, they can start tomorrow. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, it was just like this was exactly what we were supposed to be doing. And I think that's where that piece was coming from. Like when God placed us in Minko, he wanted us to be in Minko. Does that make sense? And we were still holding on to this other stuff, trying to keep it normal for the kids, their friends, whatever. But nothing about any of this year is normal. And so I was like, I really think we need to do this. And and so we, they are going to start uh, school there on Monday. Um, and I, my my husband came home and he goes, so do you feel peace now? And I was like, yes. Yes. And and I was explaining that to my daughter, uh, which that has been the hardest thing I I think about all of this is that I feel like my seventh grader and my fifth grader were having to learn life lessons that I didn't learn till I was going to college. You know, Mm how how do you stand firm on your convictions that that Christ has given you? How do you look somebody in the face who's telling you what they think and they believe and telling you, you know, you should, you should do it this way. You should do it that way. How, how do you speak to them with love and speak to them with grace and, and have those conversations? And we were trying to teach our, our fifth grade son this, you know, and, and I, I had a friend say, you know, kids are having to learn these life, life lessons that they shouldn't be learning right now. And I just wanted them to be able to go to school and to be able to to do their thing. And so I feel like God has just opened that door. And and I told my oldest, Abigail, I said, uh, you know, I felt that God was leading me back to that scripture, that we are to seek out the city where he has placed us. And and that includes you. I said, this is not just me and my ministry. I said, you are a part of that as well. And, and it's so important for you to do that where He has placed you. Right. And, and, and so it's hard to leave your friends. It's hard to, to do something new. But this is the life that God has given us and that we've chosen to follow Him. And so it's so important. Gosh, it's so important to, to uh, make sure that, that my kids know uh, that they're a part of that ministry. they're a part of that life. and so we are gonna we're picking them up and doing that and and I think that's where our, our uh, discontentment was coming from the the no peace was because we didn't jump all in when we should have.
0: right. And sometimes I think because you, you know not necessarily misinterpret what God is telling you, but sometimes we don't see the whole picture. Right. So you know you knew God had something on your heart to be um, at Miko where you were. But, um, and I get it cause I, I was in a position that I knew I was ready to go long before I left. Um, yeah. and I just couldn't see where I was supposed to go and what I was supposed to do. So because I couldn't see it, I stayed and I mm-hmm. was, um, and I, by the time I finally just went, you know what, I'm just going to take that leap of faith that, I know this is what you want me to do. I have no idea. You know, it's like when God tells Abraham that he wants him to get up and leave and he's like, I don't, you know, just go. I don't, I'll tell you where you're going. Right. Um, That by the time I did, then God placed something different in my life that was, which was what I needed. Um, and I didn't even know then what I know now, which hasn't even been that long ago. Um, because he just works like that, you know. He, right. he works like I just, you know. You think about the New Testament and when Jesus was meeting all the disciples, he just says, "Follow me." He doesn't necessarily yeah. follow me to the corner of Hardin and El Dorado. He says, "Just follow me," and he yeah. reveals it a little bit at a time along the way. Um, so, yeah. So I'm excited for you guys to to see what happens, and I know it's hard with your kids, especially when they're younger and they don't necessarily see everything you see and yet right. you know that it's the right thing at the right time and they're going to see it later um you know obviously with your oldest you can you could talk a little bit more than you can you know with Della but um yeah. and I understand but there's always I just can't imagine I don't like wearing a mask at the grocery store now I wear it and I take it off as soon as I walk out the door <laughs> but to think yeah. of it- four kids having to wear them all day. And I understand, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that they don't necessarily need to be wearing them. And I know there's a lot of factors at play, Oh yeah, but you know, everybody's different and everybody has to make their own, you know, their own call. Um, so I'm excited that you guys are going to get into the next stage and see kind of what, what it's going to be like for you this next week. But I have to say, when you said you just called the superintendent, I was like, yeah, small town. That's so good. For you. <laughs> it's here, so funny. It's here. It's like, I'm going to email the superintendent's assistant. Now we have been super blessed. I loved McKinney school districts. Um, we always had amazing superintendents, um, very God-fearing men. And so there was always access, but he didn't answer his own phone, you know. So I just I love that. So I'm so, it's proud so of you. funny.
1: I know it was funny because uh, there was a man in the church, and I was talking to him about it, and and he was like, "Oh, let me give you his phone number." And so he gave me, and I was like, "Now is this his office?" And he goes, "No, that's his cell phone. You call him anytime." And I was like. What? Is that okay? And uh, he was like, "Yeah, he'll be fine." I did not call his cell phone. I did call the school, <laughs> but uh, I did call and just talk right to him. And he was like, "And it was so funny." It was just, uh, I said, "You know, I'm the new music minister over here, and um, we we should have changed our kids, but we didn't, and so we're trying to see if that's an option." And he was like, "Now you are at First Baptist," and I said, "Yes," and he goes, "Well." I'm a simile of God, so I just don't know if that's going to work. And we just both started laughing so hard. And I said, oh, I'm going to like you. We're going to get along real well. So, that's great. That's great. Uh, it was so funny. So, so
0: tell me something about, so your kids are all, you know, Different stages, different grades, obviously, but what's something you guys all, just to kind of switch gears, something that you guys like to do together? I know that with when our kids were younger, there were times when you just, it was hard to find something everybody agreed on or found in common that they all like to do, and yet it was always an opportunity for them to learn, you know what, it's not my turn to pick what we do or where we're going or... Um, you know, whatever the activity was, um, you know, they need to learn that, hey, the teachers and patients right now, we're, this is their turn to pick whatever we're doing or where we're going or something. But what's something that you guys kind of find joy in doing together? Sounds like you guys like to do a little bit adventure seeking, you know, as a family.
1: We do. We, well, we do. We love to go. Uh, We are very rarely at home. And that's why I said earlier, like we are definitely Fly by the seat of our pants kind of people. Um, we we don't do well with schedules, um, but we love to go uh, hiking. We love to go find uh, places to camp. Um, now I I struggle a little bit with the whole outdoor thing. I don't do bugs very well and that kind of stuff. But the kids love it. That's something that we can all agree on. Um, let's let's go to the to the mountains. Uh, the Wichita Mountains here in, in Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, we'll camp, we'll do something like that. But but also uh, music. We have music in common and uh, teaching the kids and working on that. Uh, my husband plays guitar and bass. And, and so sitting around um, the piano and we'll get out some some rhythm stuff and we've even been able to lead worship on occasion as a family. And let me tell you, that is just the coolest thing in the whole world uh, to watch watch, um, uh, the kids try to catch on to that. And, and, and also I want them to get to the point where they are, uh, they're not doing it because mom is making them, you know, it's fun sure. and they want, they have the the passion to do that. But, but yeah, we, we love to, to go. We love to, um, like I said, the boys fishing. Oh my gosh. When, when COVID first hit, I'm telling you, we were at the lake every night fishing and, uh, finding something like that. And and taking it home, grilling it up, and eating it, the kids thought that was just the coolest thing that we could just do that every day because they weren't having to go to school the next day, so we'd stay out till real late. And
0: oh, that was so much fun! So, God, Reed would love living mm-hmm. at your house. That was something that we did not do really growing up in Dallas. Um, you know, we've gotten nowhere now the last few years. I mean, my I'm I'm not miss big outdoorsy either. I mean, I love yeah. to go to. Now, we go to Broken Bow a lot, but that's not exactly camping when we go, right. like, we're a little yeah. glamping, you know, that is very mm-hmm. much glamping. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I like it that way. I'm okay with it, yes. but, but we do like to hike and stuff like that. And the kids will go, um, canoeing or kayaking or whatever, paddle boarding and stuff. And I, I do yeah. like, I'll watch, I'm a good watcher. Um, I'm not, yes. it's not normally my thing, but, um, anyway, so, yeah, Reed would have loved that. He's gotten into fishing like crazy the last couple of years. Um, oh, and, yeah. In college, he has loved that. But um, so then, have, did you end up learning how to play an instrument? Because you said earlier, you didn't know how to play anything. So, when you were teaching, did you have to keep yourself piano? I can't imagine oh my gosh. music in a school yeah. being able to play.
1: And not being able to play. Yeah. So, uh, once I started teaching, I had kind of gotten enough piano under my belt that I could play. Um, I had to have piano for my degree and it was like, you can take this class piano. And I, I, I looking back, oh my gosh, I was so dumb. I re- I walked in and I said, what do I need to do to pass? <laughs> because I had zero interest in playing an instrument and he was like, well, I need you to learn this, 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 and this, like he gave it. And I went and I practiced and I came back and I played it for, you know, you had to play the scales and you had to do this and you had to do that. And I had it and I did it and that was it. And I was done. And so I can read music, obviously, uh, but connecting that to the keyboard and uh, being able to play, which playing out of the hymnal for church is the most horrific thing ever. Like I just... I still to this day cannot do that. But um, but I play, I've taught myself how to play off chord charts. Um, so I can play a C chord, a D chord, a E chord. I can play any of those chords and I just play it this way. So I only play on this register of the piano. <laughs> and and I've, I just taught myself uh, how to switch and how to transition from this key to this key. Um,
0: and that's and, Cause I can't, I'm, I'm not good at that. Now I took growing up and then, I mean, your grandmother and Libby and does your mom play? I can't remember. Yeah. Well,
1: mom played the organ, but yeah, she can play the piano. She can. Yeah. She's accompanying me, uh, for things she doesn't like to, but, but she likes to hide behind that big organ.
0: Yeah. um, I'm not a big, um, I can, I can play now. I will say, um, so Reed was home. He worked at camp this summer um, and he had to come home for a little bit. He got sick at camp, uh, came home. And while he was home, our son-in-law had brought, they're getting ready to move. And so he had brought a, a keyboard here, piano here to the house. And so he'd moved it upstairs and um, Reed has never played. So he played the marimba and was percussion in middle school, you know, but that's, that was the extent of it. Um, and, he taught himself how to play "Color My World," um, and I think I heard that over and over and over and over for you know a solid week while he was home. But um, yeah, yeah. So, but that was the first time I hadn't been on the piano in ages because um, I used to play a lot. But anyway,
1: yeah. um, it's, it it just kind of was a gradual thing. It was like. It wasn't definitely one day I was fine, and then the next day I was comfortable with it. It was like, I only could do these songs well, and right. then these songs were okay. Um, but now I feel like I stand at the keyboard and lead from, uh, from that, and I, I'm, I'm very comfortable. Um, and I think that's the thing that God taught me is He connected that with my
0: passion If that makes sense. Uh
1: that
0: for sure. Uh one of the goals to do something that you love to do, right?
1: Right, right. And hey, if you're gonna do this and you're gonna do it well, you have to learn how to do that. And and so it's not about the music for me. Uh I don't worry about uh the notes and the rests and the all those things. It's what is this song and how can I portray this where the congregation can worship and how can I play this? Uh, and so it just, that works really well. And, uh, yeah. So,
0: so tell me something, um, not to be kind of antagonistic or, or negative again, but what's something that you have found that's been kind of a difficult thing for you personally, maybe with having three kids or something, I think you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier about, you know, each kid is so completely different. Mm Um, which I don't know, I think for some reason I felt like, okay, well, we had, you know, the same two people produced these children, so they should be somewhat similar, right? Right. They're all night and day. Um, And, you know, mom used to always tell me that, uh, you know, going from one to two was just kind of math. It was an additional child. But when you went to three, there was a little bit more of an exponential factor of the possibilities of, chaos of things that could go wrong Mm -hmm. um which is all completely true for me at least um but what are some things that you feel like maybe God has shown you through the years of things that maybe were hard in the beginning but that you've seen him work and grow in you through the years if that makes Mm -hmm. sense
1: yeah um I think uh obviously for first-time mothers in the very beginning, you are so concerned with doing it right, which I 100% will tell you that there's not a right or a wrong because each kid is so different. And um, I don't know. I think... We were we were blessed because Abigail was such an easygoing first child, and we were like, "Yeah, let's have another one." And then Weston, oh, he was so sick for so long. We struggled, and it was. And then once he felt good, he was like the Tasmanian devil, and he broke everything. And I was thinking, what in the
0: world? How I think the Boy thing too, because I mean, I think we've always kind of summed it up as girls cry and get upset with each other, and boys just break stuff.
1: Yes. I was like, how can you, I was like, you were just walking from here to here, but I figured, I was like, you are literally playing football in your mind as you're walking to the kitchen. And so he's like, he just scored a touchdown and that's what happened because he was like having a good time. Um, But as, as I was going, as we got into Weston getting bigger and we're getting fine, I felt like we were getting, getting this, getting the hang of it, you know? Um, and, uh, it was this idea of we cannot control everything. Uh, we cannot, I can't, uh, have a clean house and, uh, be happy and able to go and, uh, you know, do whatever we want to, whenever we want to, like go into the mountains or going fishing or going and like literally, I can't worry about those things. I can't, some moms can do that and they do it well, but I cannot. And, and so I just had to get to the point where I was not uh, worried about every little detail. I definitely am a ADD person that I cannot move from this task to this task just smoothly. And it's just (laughs) perfect. And being a mom and trying to juggle all that stuff, uh, I would go to bed crying because I wanted to do it so right. I wanted there to be a hot meal on the table and I wanted there to be, uh, my kids look the cutest, like they just popped out of a magazine. And And that was not the case. <laughs> and I was going, you know, I again, I want to have peace with this, that I'm a good wife and I'm a good mom and I'm doing it right. And you see, I, I say, you see, you see these these moms and they look like they have it all together, but you don't know what's going on on the other side of that. Um, uh, and, and so uh, once we were, we, we just got into this pattern of, Hey, you know what? We're going to have dirty dishes, but let's go outside and play some ball. You know uh, let's, let's go and do this. And I'm not, I'm not going to worry about that right now. Cause I just, I can't. Um, then Della came along. She was a kind of a surprise for us. Um, she is seven years, seven years, nine years. Oh my gosh. Uh, she was born in 2016, seven years younger than Weston. Uh, and she is, she is the picture of chaos. I say like, she is, what is like a hot mess. She's got yeah. those shirts that say little mess, hot mess. And she keeps us on our toes and, um, definitely if I had anything organized and on a schedule, I do not now (laughs) because she will just change it. And, um, you know, like last week, I think it was, she decided she was done with pants and she was done with socks and she was done with shoes and she was done with her glasses and I couldn't brush her hair. And it was all like in one day. And I was just like, oh yeah, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And I do, I, I cry. <laughs> I'm like, my husband gets home and I'm crying. And I'm like, it's just been a
0: day. Um, oh, I remember that even with Amanda. Now, my oldest had curly hair when she was little. She doesn't really yeah. anymore. It's It's wavy. But I remember it just being a battle. And there were different battles, obviously, with different kids at different times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but one of the regular consistent battles was her hair which Mm -hmm. I think is pretty normal with anybody that has a girl at times, but um, with brushing it. And I finally just, my mom was like, let her do her own. And I was like, I don't know that I the control side of me of kind of like you said, wanting things to be a certain way at a certain time Mm -hmm. and done the way I wanted it and how I wanted it, which still is an issue um, that (laughs) we all face on some level that my mom's like, let her do her own hair. And it's fine. And I, and oh I, God. and it's okay. And even now, it you know, is. I look at, um, the things that it's funny because I think a part of the time, you know, when you get older and you start realizing, you look at your parents and you're like, okay, you would have never let me get away with that as a kid, right. as, as their grandparents, or even as being, you know, I'm the baby, right? So I have two older brothers. Um, and my brothers might've said that, or or I hear my girls saying that maybe about Reed, and they're really right. And it's not a matter of all of a sudden we just didn't care. Um, Just the older you get and the more you learn, you know, you pick your battles. Um, One is it winnable. One does it matter? Um, Decide those things that matter and those things that don't. I think
1: for, for me and and I don't know if this is good or bad, but I—it's good for me, I guess. I—I I feel like I learned that early on with even with Abigail that I did struggle. I did struggle and want everything to be perfect, but I—I I remember letting Abigail wear like a tutu and her rain boots and her this silly. She called it a silly hat. I don't even know. And it, none of it matched. and But that's what she wanted to wear. And I had a friend and she was like, oh, my gosh, you brought her to church like that? And I was like, listen, it is fine. She is happy. We are happy. We are here. And I feel like I, it, it was good for me as a mom to learn to just let it slide, let it not worry about it. Um, because you learn
0: that with your first, I don't think yes. I quite learned it with Amanda. I think I learned it a little bit later, um, maybe more so with lace and even going into read, but you know, there's a lady that I follow. I don't know if you've ever followed her name's Kendra Adachi. Um, mm-hmm. And her pot, her um, Instagram is the lazy genius. She actually just came out with a book, but her whole mantra, which I have just loved listening to her the last few years, but her whole mantra is, you're a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. Right. And kind of this perspective of, you know, I'm going to have things in my wheelhouse that I can do from, you know, by rote that I can just do, whether it's meals or whatever, but that I know in my heart, what are the important things to me and the things that aren't it, I'm going to let it go. I'm, it, yeah. it
1: doesn't matter. You have to, you have to let it go because you will just and if you are if the mom in the home is not at peace and is is uh frustrated and and chaotic then the kids are going to be like that and then the husband's going to be like that and it's right. not
0: it's just not going to work i know there's there's i think you mentioned something about this but there's always um i feel like especially in the church there's always opportunities within a church setting or, you know, obviously on Amazon and books and things like that. But just, you know, obviously we can uh, pray about things and spend time with the Lord and ask for direction and peace and wisdom and all those. And obviously those are things we should do. But there's also just a huge support system of women around us sometimes. I think it's super important to have older women that are like minded that we can that can kind of speak into us as well as yeah. have younger women that we're also kind of maybe help guiding. But there's always times to do different studies or books or or have conversations. Are there things that you've done through the years that have been really maybe particularly meaningful at a certain time? Because like I said earlier, you know, your seasons change and what you're going through. And it maybe that's part of a perfectionistic nature in, in me um, feeling like I just want one answer in it to work all the time,
1: right? And it's not uh,
0: that, right? You have yeah, yeah. where you're like, okay, I read this book that was really great for this season, or God gave me this verse um, at this time, and that's what I really needed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a there was a verse when I was getting ready to, like I said earlier, um, I knew I needed to be doing something different, and I wasn't yet because I was so scared. I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing, and there was a verse about um where God talks about I'll bring rivers in the desert um do you are you watching are there things that are going to be happening do you even know it yeah. um but are, is there something along the way that you think that maybe would be helpful for somebody else um in your journey as a mom so far that you could share with somebody that you think has been helpful
1: um I like you said having a relationship with somebody uh that can Uh, be discipling you, maybe while you're trying to disciple somebody else, I definitely would uh, say, find somebody, find somebody that you can uh, learn from. Um, In in my case, uh, they sort of found me and it was just, it was such a blessing. And and it's uh, the director of missions for Grady County, uh, his wife, um, she's older than than my mom, um, but she she just called me one day and was like, Hey, they had been at the church. She said, Hey, do you want to you know, go get dinner? I didn't know her at all. Um, but that started a relationship. And that was right at the time when God was closing the door for me to stop leading worship at Amber. And boy, looking back, I needed, I needed that relationship. I needed her, um, to, to push me um to open my eyes to different possibilities. Just because God has given you this doesn't mean that that's the only place. Like how how else can you use your gift? How else can you do this? How can you help your husband while you're not doing this? You know, I mean like she just opened my eyes to so much. So definitely I think relationships are so important because we can get bogged down um, just being in the home, just being with our kids. And that's all we do all day long. You've got to have somebody that you can reach out to. Um, and then also, uh, gosh, there was a book that I read. I
0: think, um, oh, gosh. Was it, it Calm do Something? Do what? You mentioned one, one time. It was like Calm Something. Yes. Um,
1: yes. Oh, gosh. it was. It's about the contentment, calm Caught oh, My Anxious Heart. Caught yeah, My Anxious Heart. Yes. Uh, I started going through that, and it was one of those ones that I was like, I read the first chapter, and I was like, mm, I'm going to put this aside, and I'm going to pray about this one for a little bit, because I don't know if this is exactly, you know, because boy, it was stepping on my toes. And I was just like, I'm going to pray about this one, and I'll come back to it in a little bit. Um But it's just talking about having the contentment in where God has you right now. And I started that one a year and a half ago, and I'm just now finishing. I'm getting, I just finished it not too long ago. And because it did, I would have to set that aside and say, okay, God, why, why am I so looking forward to this when I I haven't even completed this here yet, Um, when you haven't haven't moved us from this to this. And, and I just wanted, and I think that's my ADD nature. That's just how I'm just constantly moving and doing something different. And, and God says, right here is where I have you, you know, don't, don't try to move until I've moved you. Um, And so that, that uh, book and that uh, working through that really, really opened my eyes to um, how, how we can be, okay, as a mom, as a wife, uh, and just saying, God, you've got it. And I'm going to sit back and I'm going to watch you do your work because I know as moms, we can say, Oh, I know how to do that. And I can do it better and I can do it faster. I can do it quicker. Uh, but, but letting God take control
0: of that and saying, right "Right
1: here, right here is where you're supposed to be. Um, it, it was really, really good.
0: And I think that's a huge, huge thing, you know, to for anybody to get to the point where you learn to just be content where you are, which can be yes. so hard in a fast paced world, especially maybe more so. I would think maybe more so here in the Dallas area, maybe than Oklahoma. I don't know. I don't, I don't live where you are, but I mean, it may be in the just our maybe just in our social media world of yeah, there's always absolutely. something new, something better, something different, something, have you tried this and this, you know, FOMO of feeling like you missed out if you didn't, you know, I think right. we can get so wrapped up in the world. I'll, I'll tell you, we, Reggie and I just got back from being at the beach for a week. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we a vacation and we hadn't been, you know, we hadn't been anywhere in a year and, um, or just the two of us. And, um, The difference in how we even physically felt being gone, putting our phones up, not really on our computers, not really working for a solid week and then coming home and I really physically started feeling tight just driving back into the Metroplex. Now I love my home. I love my family, but there's just those times. I think we fill our mind and our heart and our body and everything with so much that we just don't need it. We don't need it. Um, But learning to be, that's such a huge, such a valuable thing to say, just learning to be content with where you are and letting God lead you into the next thing. Um, You are such a joy. And I, I hate that it's been this long since I've talked to you, but you're such a special mama to those babies, and those kids are so blessed to have you. And that church is so blessed to have you. I love getting to watch you sing in the car with the kids and, you know, (laughs) your adventures. And it makes you, you know, you look at other family members or whatever. So I will say that's the positive thing of social media. Um, Yes it's getting to see and feel like you're with people a little bit that you don't see on a regular basis but right. but thank you so much for just chatting oh my for a while and, and filling me in on where you are and um, you know it's it being a mom is hard stuff um, yes. but it's it's something that none of us would give up and nobody would trade it for the world um, absolutely so just thank you for being on today um, and sharing your heart with me um, but I appreciate you so much for being with me today oh
1: gosh thank you so much for the opportunity to to talk to you and to answer questions I just love it I love being a mom I love, I love doing these things so yeah just thank you
0: well this is sweet if anybody um, you know feel like they resonated with something that you say is it fine to let them know you want to tell them your Instagram uh, you're probably on that more than you are on Facebook right Uh
1: yeah, so I pretty much post on Instagram, uh, and then it just goes to Facebook. I guess I don't even know how that works. I'm I'm trying so hard to be good at this tech stuff, and uh, me
0: too. I'm learning. I'm on a big learning (laughs) curve. So I'm right there. I am learning. Thank you so much for so being on. I love you guys. And you're I welcome. Love you too. Thank you. again, Guys, thanks for listening with Drive Thru Moms. Uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Happy Wednesday. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Drive Thru Moms podcast. I love hearing God's pursuit of these moms' hearts through His faithfulness in every situation. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, as well as get more information about each of the sweet ladies and our resource page coming soon on our website, DriveThroughMoms.org. Subscribe on iTunes, and if you like what you're hearing, leave us a great review. We'd so appreciate it. Until next time, happy Wednesday.